welcome to Good Medicine Explained. I'm your host, Dr. James R. Brown. This is episode number six of season two for the week of April 11th, 2021. Greetings again to my regular listeners and to any new listeners to this podcast. As I like to state at the beginning of each episode, my intention is to educate and stimulate interest in understanding how our bodies normally operate and how our bodies respond to abnormal circumstances. I believe that being knowledgeable of how our bodies function and take proper action can empower us to cultivate a lifestyle and wellness model that promotes optimum physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. As we move through this coronavirus pandemic era and work to recreate and craft an improved healthcare system for the 21st century that is humane and responsive to all people, let each of us do our part to improve our personal quality of life. Early in the 1300s, a medieval French surgeon named Henry de Mondeville is credited as having said, laughter is the best medicine. I am a firm believer in that philosophy, so I'm going to share a bit of laughter as we begin this particular session. As an anesthesiologist was wheeling a male patient into the OR just before his surgery, he was overheard to say, You have three knees, your right knee, your left knee, and your weenie. Let's hope they replace the correct one. Today, I'm going to talk about a few common knee problems. At the conclusion of this presentation, I hope you, the listener, will have a better understanding of normal knee anatomy and an action plan if you ever injure your knee. So starting with normal anatomy, the knee is the largest joint in our body and one of the most easily injured. It's made up of four main structures, bone, cartilage, ligaments, and tendons. Now there's three bones that meet to form the knee joint. The femur, or the thigh bone, the patella, which is commonly called the kneecap, and the tibia, or the leg or shin bone. There is what we call articular cartilage on the ends of the femur, the tibia, and the backside of the patella. This cartilage covers the so-called articular or joint surfaces. Normal articular cartilage is very smooth and slippery, which allows the bones to smoothly glide over one another as you bend or straighten your leg. The other structure is called the menisci. The menisci are crescent-shaped cartilages that lie between the femur and tibia bones on the medial and lateral side. This type of cartilage is tough and rubbery compared to the articular cartilage. The med medial and lateral menisci 
cushion the joint by distributing downward forces out and away from the central anchor points of the menisci. Meniscal tears usually result from extreme rotation of the femur on top of the tibia, such as a dancer might do as they pivot and their foot is firmly planted on the floor. This rotation can pinch the meniscus between the round head of the femur and the outer edge of the tibia. Sometimes this injury can occur also in swimmers during their forcible outward rotation of the foot in a whip kick maneuver, which causes the lower leg to twist at the knee, putting excessive strain on the medial collateral ligament. Ligaments are structures that help tether adjacent bones to one another. There are four main ligaments around the knee joint that hold the femur, tibia, and fibula together and stable. Two of the ligaments are crossing within the inner knee joint itself, the ACL, or anterior cruciate ligament, and the PCL, or posterior cruciate ligament. They control the forward and backward motion in the knee joint. The ACL prevents the femur from shifting backward as it rests on top of the tibia. The PCL prevents the femur from shifting forward as it rests on the tibia. The other two ligaments within the knee joint run on the outside edges of the joint. They're known as the medial collateral ligament, or MCL, and the lateral collateral ligament, known as the LCL. They control the sideways motion of the joint and brace it against unusual side-directed movements. Lateral forces that are applied against the knee will damage the medial collateral ligament. If both feet are firmly planted on the ground and a lateral force is applied, like a football player tackling someone from the side, then the medial collateral ligament of that knee and the lateral collateral ligament of the opposing knee will be injured. Now when the knee is held in a straight or full extension position, tension is greatest on the ACL and the MCL. Hyperextension of the knee can strain or injure the ACL and medial collateral ligaments. When the knee is in half-flexed position, tension is still applied greatly on the ACL. And this, again, continues to prevent the femur from shifting backward. When the knee is in full flexion, about 90 degrees, tension 
is transferred and greatest on the PCL and LCL. Sudden forces against the tibia as the knee is flexed can damage the PCL. Now a visual example of this would be a shortstop or second base player who is trying to hold second base as a runner is coming. If that runner slides into the baseball player and his knee is flexed, he could literally injure the posterior cruciate ligament or he could damage the lateral collateral ligament. The other structures in the knee are the tendons. Muscles are connected to bones by tendons. The four quadricep muscles on the anterior thigh taper into what we call the quadricep tendon. As the quadriceps tendon continues downward, it completely envelopes and incorporates the patellar bone. And then, as the tendon continues further down to anchor onto the tibia, the tendon segment is known as the patellar tendon. Now that we've done the anatomy, let's talk about some common knee injuries. The most common knee injuries include sprains and tears of the soft tissues, like the ligaments and tendons, or dislocations or fractures. Oftentimes, more than one structure of the knee is injured. Pain and swelling are the most common signs of a knee injury. Locking of the knee joint usually occurs when a piece of torn cartilage or bone becomes wedged between the femur and tibia during a range of motion. Now, a common type of knee injury is known as contusion. Contusions are an impact that damages capillaries or larger blood vessels and results in bruising as blood escapes from those vessels. We call these type of injuries contusions, and they're pretty common and not severe in general. Fractures, however, are the most severe types of injury. They're high-energy forces that are applied against the structure of the knee joint, and most of these occur from falls or motor vehicle accidents. The patella, or kneecap, is the most common bone fractured in the knee. Dislocations are another type of knee injury in which a bone is moved out of place, such as the patella, either primarily or partially or completely. Again, it's high-energy trauma that's the most common cause for this type of problem. A more common type of knee injury is the sprain. A knee sprain occurs when one or more of the ligaments of the knee is overstretched. If the sprain is minor, you can usually rest at home and treat it yourself. 
But if you notice significant swelling and severe pain or have a lot of difficulty moving your knee, then that's when you should seek help from a physician. A common problem with athletes, of course, are called meniscal tears. Meniscal tears usually occur when making a sharp turn in a sport activity. Some meniscal tears can be treated conservatively without surgery, but persistent pain or swelling may be signs that you need more invasive assessments like MRI scans or arthroscopic surgery, which I'll talk about later. Anterior cruciate ligament injuries, the ACL tears and injuries, are usually related to sports again. Again, the athlete may be changing direction rapidly or landing from a jump incorrectly. These types of movements can tear the ACL. Half of all ACL injuries are accompanied by damage to other knee structures, such as the articular cartilage on the femur or the tibia or even the patella, or injuries and damage to the meniscus or other ligaments. Posterior cruciate ligament injuries, or PCL injuries, occur when energy is applied against the front of the knee as it's flexed, as I had mentioned about the baseball player at second base. The majority of these injuries tend to be partial and they have the potential to heal spontaneously as opposed to the ACL injury. Now again, I said there were four ligaments in the knee joint, the ACL, the PCL, and the other two are the medial collateral and the lateral collateral ligaments. Injuries to the medial collateral or the lateral collateral ligament are caused by forces that push the knee sideways. A medial collateral injury is much more common than a lateral collateral injury, simply because mechanically if a force is applied against our knee, it's going to strike us from the outside. It's not common that a force will strike the inside of the knee and push it out. Another type of injury is the tendon tear. Again, I told you that there's the quadriceps and the patellar tendon, which is actually one long tendon, uh, but the proximal end or upper half is known as the quadriceps tendon and the portion after the patella is known as the patellar tendon. This tendon can be stretched or even torn. Tears are more common among middle-aged people who play running or jumping sports. Other ways the tendon might be injured include falling directly onto the patella, or landing awkwardly after a jump. An awkward misstep or fall onto the shin bone can produce a patellar tendon tear. Falls onto the kneecap itself can produce quadricep tendon tears, although these are far less common than patellar tendon tears.
So let's talk about some of the ways to care for knee injuries. Superficial injuries such as a skin abrasion or a small laceration can be treated adequately at home as a first aid treatment. A large or gaping laceration or a puncture wound such as falling onto glass or a nail or other sharp object should be assessed and treated at an urgent care or ER. If you haven't received a tetanus booster shot within the previous 10 years, you'll likely be given one at that time unless you have serious adverse reactions to tetanus vaccines. If you ever experience a more severe injury to your knee, the principle of RICE may help speed your recovery. The acronym RICE, R-I-C-E, stands for rest, ice, compression, and elevation. You should seek help from a physician if you ever hear a popping noise and feel your knee give out at the time of injury. Also, if you ever have severe pain or cannot move the joint and begin limping or have swelling at the site of the injury, then this would be another purpose for seeing a physician. Imaging tests that we use to help identify the joint injury include plain x-rays, which can detect bone fractures or degenerative joint problems. Number two, we could choose a CT scan, which creates cross-sectional images and three-dimensional images to help diagnose unusual bone problems or subtle fractures that aren't clearly evident on plain x-rays. A third method that we have at our disposal are ultrasounds which can be used to assess fluid collections around the joint space. And the fourth and probably more popular and common image test is the MRI scan, which is useful for revealing the soft tissue injuries to the ligaments, tendons, cartilage, and muscles. If there is a more serious injury, immobilization is a common form of non-surgical treatment. A knee brace, a splint, or a cast can be used to prevent your knee from moving unnecessarily as it's healing. Commonly, if you do require lower extremity immobilization, a cane or arm crutches will be used to help reduce weight bearing on the injured knee as well as help you ambulate safely. Medications such as non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are often used. Aspirin, ibuprofen, and naproxen are some common examples that are used to help reduce the pain and swelling from injury. Now if these methods are ineffective, physicians can sometimes use injections that are directed right into the knee joint to enhance healing of damaged tissue. For example, corticosteroid injections into the knee 
help reduce inflammation caused from arthritis flare-ups. Relief can last for several months in some cases, but not all the time. A second type of injection might include hyaluronic acid. It's a thick fluid similar to synovial fluid that our bodies naturally secrete in the joints. It's also known as artificial cartilage. And this product helps improve mobility and ease pain. Some people can get as much as six months or more of pain relief from injections. And in some cases, the option of choice is platelet-rich plasma, or PRP, which is a more expensive method, and it's an ultra-filtration of your own blood that contains high concentrations of several growth factors. And these growth factors appear to help reduce inflammation and promote healing. Injections of PRP tend to work better in persons whose knee pain is caused by tendon tears, sprains, or other soft tissue injuries. Also at your disposal is physical therapy, which can be used to provide specific exercises to strengthen and restore function to injured muscles and tendons in your knee. As a final and last resort, we have surgery. Arthroscopic surgery is a method which uses a fiber optic camera along with narrow surgical tools that are inserted through small incisions around the knee to inspect and remove loose bodies of tissue or repair damaged cartilage structures or reconstruct torn ligaments without making large incisions on the knee itself. Partial and total knee replacement surgeries involve cutting the bones and damaged tissues and replacing them with metal alloys, high-grade plastics, and polymers. So let me uh, wrap this up and talk about some of my take-home points. The normal knee is composed of several tissue structures, bone, cartilage, ligaments, and tendons. Knee injuries can involve one or several of these different structures at once. Minor injuries can and should initially be managed at home. More severe injuries that cause severe pain or problems with mobility should be assessed by physicians or orthopedic surgeons. If this particular topic or any of the previous episodes have provoked questions for you, be reassured that I do regular Q&As on my Instagram account at jrbrownmd, where you may submit your questions there through direct message. However, I emphasize that I do not serve as a replacement or substitute for your own personal physicians nor do I provide individualized consultations outside of my practice. As I regularly do, 
I'd like to take this opportunity to thank my podcast team, Lauren and Natalie, who are responsible for making this podcast and all my social media possible. I'd like to wish happy birthday to my beloved cousin, Thomas Sands, who now holds the most senior post in my paternal lineage. Until our next opportunity, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be loved, and may you have a peaceful heart.